We're in a great series called Culture Code. Today, I want to title this uh, Next Level Church. Next Level Church. We're going to read, I want to read all these scriptures right up front, if you guys don't mind back there. I'm going to read Matthew 11, 15. Put it in your notes. I'm going to read Matthew 13, 31. And then I'm going to read uh, Psalm 37, 23. Then 1 Corinthians 14, 10. We together? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we together? <laughs> okay. Let's just read the scriptures and I'll see if I can tie all this up in the, in the few minutes I have. All right. So Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 15. Smile at your neighbor. Amen. Smile at them. Okay. Matthew eleven fifteen. what does it say? He who has an ear, let him hear. Next verse. But to what shall we liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions. Next. Calling to their companions. Uh, did we go to the next one? Yeah, I want to go 16, then 17. I want to read that whole thing. Matthew 11, 15, 16, 17, I want to, how far down it goes. Okay. And saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. Next verse, 18. Okay. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon, a demon. You can underline that in your notes. Next scripture. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. We don't really know who the parents are until we see the children. We don't know your wise until we see your works. That it's not just about words, it's about what it produces. Making sense? Okay, let's read Matthew 13, 31. We read this one last Sunday, I believe. We'll read it again today. Matthew 13, 31 through 32 or 33. Then he began, okay, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. When you hear something from God and you respond to it, you create climate or atmosphere in your life. When you sustain, when you sustain whatever God spoke to you, it gets bigger and gets stronger. Eventually, it's a stronghold that it becomes very difficult to break. So if you, if, you build, if you build a culture, an atmosphere of peace and power and prosperity, eventually you'll get to the age or the time in your life where it would be almost impossible to break that. It becomes a stronghold. In the same way, you can also build negative strongholds. You can build them in your homes, you can build them in your relationships, you can build them in their finances, you can build them with the foods you eat. And once you're in that stronghold of sugar, sugar, <laughs> once you're in that stronghold of sugar, 
Someone laying hands on you and saying, come out in Jesus' name won't work. You're going to have to deal with your flesh. You're going to have to deal with your life, all right? Okay, Psalm 37, Psalm 37, 23. Psalm 37, 23. This is a good one. The levels or the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When, when it says steps, it's not like walking along a path and one foot in front of the other. It's, it's literally walking up steps, levels in your life. When God wants to do something with you, he'll cause you to come up another level. He'll raise you. He'll put pressure on you to learn more. He'll put pressure on you to think bigger, to respond bigger. He'll change your vocabulary, change your friends, change your desire, right? When you get ready to have a baby and you're stepping up, something just happens to you. you, you getting your nails done isn't that important anymore. Nobody's going to say anything. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's a different type of world when you get into that level. When, you, when you're starting a business, some things are no longer, you shift some of your money to bigger priorities. You shift some of your time to bigger priorities. You do it naturally because your level is rising. We don't analyze enough what we do. We don't sit down enough and ask ourselves the question, what kind of culture do I have in my life? What am I intentionally building with myself, my family, my mind, my body? What actually am I doing? We have to ask ourselves in church, what type of Christian do we want to grow? What types of people do we want to produce? What is God asking for for our church? What's the culture? What's the code here? What is at the end of our proverbial assembly line? What do we want that person to look like? What type of people can really make a difference? What type of person can handle being a seed and the pressure of growing and then that metamorphosis of becoming a tree from a bush? What happens to a butterfly, I mean, a, what happens to a caterpillar when it goes into the cocoon? What is that process like when God is changing you to something else? Does it look like paint on the walls? Does it look like a new sound system? All those things are byproducts of things that have already changed in your head and your heart. So eventually how things look are affected by what you're thinking, your next level. And when we start thinking about next level church, we have to deal with some of this. Now I want you to read, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 14 and 10. 1 Corinthians 14, 10. Y'all okay? Good. Good, 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 good. Okay. There are, there are, it may be, King James Version, read it, so many kind of voices in the world and, okay, I'm going to try to tie all this together. There are many voices in the world as it be, and none of those voices are without significance. Here it is. There are people who literally are influenced by demons, literally. 
one of you can cast a demon out. One of you. If someone's being vexed or troubled, depressed, then you can deal with that one person. But there's another level called doctrines of demons. You, you can't deal with doctrines of demons by yourself. Doctrines of demons is when demonic forces have found a voice. Okay. Thoughts are being impressed on us everywhere. Now with the power of social media, I can give you 15 personalities in one day. I can change your mood, I can change your blood pressure, and I can influence how you think with images and words and videos. There are many voices in the world, and none of them are without significance, which means every voice out there wants to express itself in time and space. All of them. Every voice, good, bad, or evil, they all want to say something. And they all want some of us to say it for them. Tell your neighbor, be particular about giving a voice of something ignorant. You can have a thought. Please don't put it on Facebook. Please, okay, let me, let, me get, let me just get this out. Whenever you put something on social media, you're giving a voice to a spirit. Once you give voice to it, everyone thinks it's you. Even though you're going to change in another hour with the next YouTube video. Are you listening to me? If you have a temptation to put anything out that is a voice of hate, discontent, anger, whatever it is, don't use those media forms to do anything. Brothers and sisters come together and discuss. They have conversations. You can't do that in some of the mediums that where people do it. Be careful what voice you're giving. Because every voice wants to impress himself, express itself, and to make sure we all are talking about it. And there's just some things you shouldn't talk about. You're going to be quiet, but I'm going to stay right here then. When y'all quiet, I know. I know. I know what's up. Because all of us want a voice. We want to say something. I have something to say. No, none of us have anything to say. Everything we say came from a spirit that we are obeying. And we have to decide what, we, what spirit we want to obey. What do we want to say? How do we want people who've never met us, never sat down with us, how do we want them to see us? And I'm telling you, AWC, I'm telling you, world, I'm telling you that the spirit that divides just want us to talk. When you watch something that upsets you, it doesn't mean you have to talk about it now. (laughs) 
I got that out. That was good. When professionals sit down and talk to you, have you you ever seen a doctor? What do they ask you? What questions do they ask you? Is your mom alive? Is your father alive? They don't ask all that? Uh, You got any siblings? Are they alive? Okay, so your mom and dad is dead. How did they die? Stroke, heart attack. Oh, really? Your siblings, a couple of them are dead? What happened to them? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're going to prescribe this for you. They haven't taken any blood. <laughs> They're saying you, to you, your family has a historic culture. Your family either has a lifestyle, propensity, whatever the words are. So now, when you think you're the only one going through something, You are not the only one. Tell your neighbor, they got a textbook on you. (laughs) You is not the only one. You're not the only one dealing with this. You are not unique. There are plenty of other people dealing with what you're dealing with. We want to know what culture are you from. Twins raised in different families, but they're different because they were raised in two different cultures. Cultures make all the difference in the world. Am I making sense? So we can have all these patterns, but eventually AWC has to ask the question, what type of church do we want to be? What is our charge? What kind of people do we want to produce? Then we have to build a culture that allows that to happen. What kind of tree are we growing? What type of people do we want some things to happen with? I'm learning that churches fit on levels. I've gone to churches, I'm telling you, when I walked in in other cities, I wanted to join and forgot I was from Omaha. Like, I want to be part of this right here. <laughs> Whatever y'all doing, I, wanna, I can do something here. I know I can do something here. There are some churches I go to, and I'm telling you, they have invited me to preach. They have paid for my airline ticket. I'm in a nice hotel, and they've given me a great honorarium. And when I walk in, I look at my wife, and I say, can we leave? (laughs) It would be nice to just get on the plane and come back. Sometimes before I'm preaching, we're on Facebook watching y'all, sitting in the pew. Woo, Jesus. Turn the volume up. Linnell's like, Martin, we can't turn the volume up. They're making announcements in this church. So I'll take my little earbuds, <laughs> and I'm listening to praise and worship at AWC. My Lord Jesus, help us, please. Help us, please. Do you know that in some church cultures, they don't care if the worship leader can sing? Now, that don't make sense, does it? But they don't, they don't care. In some church cultures, while, while they're singing, somebody comes and plugs up an instrument or gets on a keyboard, dun, 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 trying to find a key. We singing. I'm like, what are we do? What is this? It's just a level. It's just a level they live on. People take vacations on levels. Some people in this room, their vacation is one day off of work. That's my vacation. What you going to do? I'm going to go home and watch TV. That is vac- <laughs> that, 
That is vacation. Another person's vacation, they take three days and they go to mama's house. They drive to mama's house. That is their vacation. Some other people take a week, they go to a hotel. Other people take a month, they get on a cruise. I met a guy who takes a six-month vacation every year from cruise ship to cruise ship to island to island. And I'm like, now that is a whole nother. There's a level in New York. You're on the street and you can buy Louis Oton. I'm talking about on the street, what you want, what you want. Can I see it? Here's some pictures of it. Pick one. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> and they will go get your purse and bring it. I, I wanna, you want a Rolex? Yeah, we got Olexes right here. It's just like those. That's a culture. And people are buying those things. Then you're walking in another store and a dude is saying, well, I want that one for my wife and I want that one for me. Total $28,000. Here you go, my black card. How are you doing? They're on the phone. I'm like... What just happened? You just paid $30,000 for a watch. And the guy on the street is selling them that same watch for $75. What is wrong with you? No, he's wondering what is wrong with you. It's just levels. One couple never talks together, never does anything together. And there's another couple, there's another couple that's always together, holding hands, talking, laughing. And other people not at that level, like, they just, they, just try, they, just, they just showing out in front of us. They don't really love one another that way. It's just the difference in cultures and these levels in people's lives. I drove my rusty Maxima as a pastor, dust falling off of it. Drove it, wife and kids in that thing. Pastor, you need another car. I said, not yet. I'm working on a level. I'm working on a level. The next one we're paying cash for. It's because in my mind, we had to increase our financial level. You can decide what level you live on. Did you know? Did, okay. Let me be careful how I say this now because I don't want to offend anybody. Do you know a church can decide what level of the type of people it wants to produce? This is what I learned in church. If you say you want everybody, you get nobody. Okay. You got a pizza, you got a burger joint, right? So you decide we want everybody to eat our burger. So you got a Wap burger, and you got a uh, you got a uh, you got you got you you got a a burger that looks like the McDonald's burger. To all be patty, special sauce, less cheese, because I was on sesame sesame seed bun. You got one of them. Then you got a square burger. The label is we found the beef. You 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 got a burger from every type of burger joint out there. Who coming to buy your burger? No one's going to buy it. Why? We don't know who you are, what you're trying to produce, what you want out of us. We want you to say who you are. Hmm? So McDonald's is on the northeast corner. Burger King on the southwest corner. McDonald's is on another corner. And then you got King Kong sticking up in there. It's like everybody on the same corner selling Burgers. And the parking lots of all of them are full. 
But churches are empty because we don't know who we want to produce. Tell your neighbor, we got to make a decision, y'all. We got to make a decision. We got to make a decision. We have to make a decision. What kind of people do we want? Who do we want at the end of our work? And I'm telling you, if I can just put my hand up, I, I can't tell you how tired I am of sappy, weak Christians. I feel like I'm yelling. Am I yelling to you? Turn me down then, because I'm not getting any softer. I'm so tired of Christians. So tired of weak Christians. They're tossed to and fro by everything. Anything somebody says. They don't know how to pray. Don't know how to stand. Don't know how to stand against anything. Don't know how to, to, to fight for what they believe. Don't know how to forgive. Don't know how to let people go. Don't know how to press toward their goals. It's like... What is this? We need, we need to produce some people who not only love God, but love what God is doing, who can press to another level, who are not upset all the time because somebody's pushing you. Tell somebody, I love you for real. But you got to get up off this level. You're making me sick staying down here. I don't want no children's church and they just come out of there mamby-pamby. I want them to quote scripture. I want them when mom and dad is not around, that they can stand up in the face of whatever is happening in the lunchroom at school and say, I will not be worried about that today. Jesus is Lord over this situation. Well, hey, are you being bullied? How can you bully me? I have no self-esteem as a little child. I am who he is and he is who I am. I'll go help the children who are being bullied. How are you going to bully this? We need some of them kids in school. We need, some we need some children in school. We need some children in high school who will step in when no one else will step in and say, you know what, don't worry about that. Why don't you come go to lunch with me? Come on over to my house. You mean you can invite me to your house? Yeah, my mom will be expecting people to come over to our house. Bring them into your house where mom and mom or dad or mom just herself or dad by himself or grandpa or foster parent, whatever culture they walk in, it's love and acceptance. And the power of just being themselves. So every child can now be like, Mom, can I go over to their house? We need to create some couples who are together and not just lovey-dovey, but they're lovey-dovey and building a legacy. We're in this for a reason. We're building something. We're raising our children on purpose. We need some men who will stand for what's right in our nation and what's right in their homes. We need some women that will pull their dresses up and tie them between their legs and say, that's my man. If you want to deal with him, you got to deal with the sister right here. Okay, nobody wants to talk about that one. We need to build a culture where kingdom citizens are being produced. To do that, folks, we got to go to another level. We cannot, can I, can I give you a couple things? And I'm going to take my time. When I'm done in 24 minutes, I'm done. I'll try to get back to it later on in my life. <laughs> this kind of devil doesn't come out except by 
fasting and prayer, Jesus said. Huh? So if there are types of devils, there are types of Christians. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, if there are levels of demons, you know you got to watch the movies. Y'all don't watch the movies, but you watch the movies. They got it all from the Bible. Where, where in vampire movies or even in, even in our, uh, the, the, one of the, uh, the, the, the eight movies, one of the, what's his name, the big eight, tall guy, King Kong. Yeah, all of them. All of them. All the movies, I mean, why can't I think of the name of the movies? All of them. They have the same thing. The, the, the hero will fight a little thing and, and win it. Then be, before the movie's over, the big one comes out. They say, oh, shoot, this is, yeah, that's the big one right there. Now we're set up for a fight, right? And we, our hearts start beating. Oh, it's a real fight because they're equal in power. Something happens when they can scrub off a little thing and then deal with the real big thing in the area and triumph. At the end of the movie, we, ha, 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 when Simba, I'm telling you, y'all need to go see this thing. When Simba comes against Scar, it's amazing. I mean, Scar is like, Simba, run away. Simba shows back up. Simba shows back up at the end of the movie and say, run away, Scar. <laughs> In one moment, he's running away. By the end of the play, he's like, Scar, run away. I won't kill you. That's that progression of levels in people's life. Are there about 20 people here? And you would just say to me, because this would encourage me, if you would just say, you know what, Pastor? I got to find a way to go to the next level. I mean, I, I got to find it. I mean, I can't just, I mean, come on, shoot, Pastor. Shoot, shoot, shoot. I just can't be sitting here all my life. This. I'm not blaming nobody. I don't need nobody to do nothing for me, but I got to find a way. That man, y'all sit down. That man in there with that black card impressed me. He impressed me. He bought one for himself, one for his wife. She in the corner looking for something else. She comes up to him. She says, I don't really need one. He says, I want you to have one. I said, oh, shoot. The man was showing out. Women will do amazing things when you impress them. <laughs> the women are like, oh, I don't know, pastor. Give me 12 women who will say amen to that. I mean amazing things. I just want you to have one. I want to see it on your wrist. He says, I, I want to see it on your wrist. And secondly, when any man walk close to you, I want them to see it on your wrist. Because when they see that on your wrist, they're not going to bother you much. Because they know there's a crazy dude somewhere on the planet. <laughs> now, I'm not saying, because I, I can't do that either right now. And I'm not saying I'm not crazy about her, but something happens, man. When that rock you put on her finger, she walk outside in the sun. People go, ah, what is that? They, it, it, something happens. <laughs> I told Josh when he proposed, I said, if you want it to be cute, go get a bread twist tie. 
And when you propose, put that twist tie around her finger and twist it and say, I love you, and see what happens. Doesn't go over well. I come from a place in Mississippi where we can grow crops nine, ten months of the year. We can even grow certain types of vegetables in the winter. Here in Nebraska, you got three months. Come on, Joe. Talk to me, Joe. How many months you got here to grow stuff? About four. About four. So three. (laughs) You got three to four months. He's the ag professional. You got three to four months that you can grow stuff. Seed grows everywhere. You can put a lemon seed in the ground in Omaha. You're not going to get no lemons because we can't keep it hot enough, long enough. So, let let me, okay, okay. So when you travel to places like Florida, Carolina, Alabama, and you go to church, because they're used to longer seasons to produce, churches are hot. Them churches, you have to sit people down to preach. They are nuts. And by the time that service is finished, there's another thousand people outside trying to get in. But here in Nebraska, our seasons are shorter. So AWC has to ramp up if we want five months. We have to keep our services hot for a longer period of time. Am I making sense? If we want to produce the type of people we're talking about producing, We're going to have to find a way to have hot services every Sunday. All the time. Well, it looks like a performance. It's not performance. It's preparation. It's it's not that we're we're performing. The lights went up at the same time. It was was 1020 last week. It's 1020 this week. Now the lights are coming up. Now there's somebody up there. Did they rehearse this? Yes. We're going to rehearse everything. We're going to rehearse people coming into the parking lot. We're going to rehearse people coming down the hallway. You're going to see images and stuff there that helps you understand who we are. We're going to rehearse the singing. We're going to rehearse the announcements. We're going to rehearse the preaching. We're going to rehearse Everything. Why? Because we want to be to a culture, we want to be predictable, and we want to set ourselves up to have longer, hotter services for months, for years, until we can begin to produce the type of Christian that God can use in this world. Not people who are influenced by outside voices speaking to them, and they become an earthly voice for something that's not godly but people who have God inside and know God for themselves and can pray and can hear from God and be a mouthpiece for him. So what do we have to do? Here are a couple things. Very important. I'll get through a couple of them. Y'all ready for this one? We need to work on creating a culture of forward-thinking people. Forward thinking. Yesterday was wonderful, but what are we going to do tomorrow? Your family's beautiful now, but what's the future look like? 
them little babies sucking on them bottles are going to be sucking on your wallet in a few years. (laughs) And you better have some milk in that wallet. Not prayer. (laughs) You hear me what I'm saying? And you got to prepare for that. Because I'm telling you, these kids, these kids, and you done brought them up teaching them a message, and now you, you lie to them. God is a provider, sweetheart. God blesses us. No, we can't do that now. (laughs) We have to be forward thinking. We've got to be ahead of the curve. We've got to be sharp. We can't be behind. And in this church, we have been behind. It's taking us too long to change. We have to be nimble, quick, agile. We need to be able to hear from God and then obey him. We, we need to be able to tap into the true resources of our house, and that's people. How people think. What's going on in our city? What's really happening in our world? And we need the voices of our congregation to say, you know what, pastor? This is what's really happening. This is what people are looking for. We need those voices at every level. Come on, say say it with me. We need a culture culture. of forward-thinking people. We've got to read more than just the Bible. We've got to innovate. We've got to create better ways. Omaha is known for research. There are more dollars spent in Omaha for medical research than any other city. Billions of dollars are spent in Omaha just researching. We have to research. We have to think. We have to be outside of the box so that we can move our church forward. The next kind of culture we need to create is a culture of manifestation and power without being weird. Now, have you ever gone to a church and there's some glow-in-the-dark Christians there? Uh, Star Trek, Christians. Okay, spooky. They always got a vision of something weird. But the Lord showed me, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Can you break it down for me? No, Pastor, you're not discerning. Well, yeah, I'm discerning, but I'm not crazy like you. No, I, I, don't, I, no I, don't, I don't know what that means. Can you just tell me practically? It would be nice. Some people don't walk in church. No, 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 no. They don't walk. They glide in. (laughs) And they have a word for you. Thus saith the Lord. We ain't in New King James. Can you give me the amplified version of that prophecy? Please. We don't have to be spooky. Now, let's get this right now. Speaking in tongues ain't spooky. Well, I don't want to go there. They speak in tongues. Well, hey, look, mm -mm. we're not giving that up. We're not giving up shouting. We're not giving up raising our hands. We're not giving up. Okay, the day they give up standing up at the Husker game, we'll give up yelling and screaming in church. 
the day they give up hollering and hooting and telling everybody else, get up, that lady told me, I told you a story, that lady sitting next to me, she said, you need to get up because the Huskers just scored. She didn't know me. She said, you need to stand up. And I looked at her and I said, no, I'm okay sitting down. They scored again. The lady did this, Leon. We're sitting. We're sitting. She's standing up. I'm sitting down. We're sitting. I didn't get up. I'm her. The next time they scored, she did this. Woo! She picked me up out of my seat. She said, oh, yeah, you're going to stand up. I said, lady, you can't be touching me like that. She said, you are at a Husker game. She didn't know me from Adam. And now you're going to come up in church, and you done invited your friend from, from work, and you like, I don't want to do nothing weird. Get back, walk out. No, if you shout when they're not here, you ought to be shouting when they're here. And if they're not shouting, you tell them, you is up in church. You think I invited you here to be paint on the wall? You better get your rusty tail up. <laughs> Whatever the culture is. I went to a club in grad school because my friends were there. They said, you got to come. I didn't know club life. Crazy. Girl asked me to buy her a drink. I said, why would I buy you a drink? I didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. You want me to buy? I never met you. I mean, why am I going to buy you a drink? I mean, what would that be? What does that mean? I, st I still don't really know. Later on that night, they were dancing. I'm still sitting at the table, and another young lady walked up to me. She said, you're a preacher's kid, aren't you? I said, no, I'm not. She said, you're a Christian. I said, well, yeah. She said, you don't belong here, and you're messing it all up for us. She did. She said, now you got to make a choice. She didn't know me. She said, you've got to make a choice. You either here at the party or you need to leave. So I tried dancing a little bit. I can't dance. It was horrible. So I just left. I never went back. When in Rome... Our culture needs to manifest the power of God. We can't walk away. And I'm telling Josh, I'm telling everyone, as we move into what God has for us, we can't walk away from the power of God that heals and delivers and saves and sets free. We can't walk away every now and then for the music to get loud and people start shouting and pointing at stuff when they're shouting. We, 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 have to, we, have to, we have to still be in a place in our... Y'all don't get that. <laughs> we, we, we have to sometimes feel it in our hands. We have to feel it in our feet. Come on, y'all help me. Sometimes we have to... We have to feel it all over me. We have to have those services where manifestation is happening. We also have to have services where everyone's sitting and the presence of the Lord is there and no one's speaking. It's a culture where God is alive. But that has to be built. That's not something that just happens. Am I making sense? 
Some people get saved and they're weird. Just remember, the Holy Ghost didn't make them weird. They were weird before they got saved. <laughs> yes, they were strange. As my brother would say, they were strange before and they're strange now. <laughs> So getting saved doesn't change that, and you're welcome. You're, you're, welcome if, you're welcome if you're super spiritual. You're welcome here. But we can't become super spiritual. Super spiritual churches have about 25 people in them. And they all just up in there prophesying to one another. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow's Monday. You know, I know tomorrow's Monday. I know this already. I mean, we prophesy so much till it's reduced to the ridiculous. Okay, we get it. Tomorrow's Monday. Now, if you told me, you know what, God's going to skip a day and tomorrow's going to be Tuesday, my, my eyes will come up with, really? <laughs> Behold, you're a woman of God. I know I, I'm a woman of God. We don't have to be strange. We don't have to be strange. I went to one church once. I know. I went to one church once, and when I walked in, when I walked in, uh, they started prophesying. And they said, uh, such and so, this is your husband. God told me this is your husband. This is your wife. And everybody was submitting to that. Okay, bless the Lord. They got to me. I said, hold it. No, no, no. Don't say nothing. I'm going to embarrass you if you do. The last thing I want is for a prophet to pick my wife. Because if the prophet picked my wife, you better stay at my house and make sure I stay with her. I need to pick her myself. You're like, what, Pastor? Yeah, there's some weird churches out there. I went to a church one time and I said, hallelujah. And the lady next to me says, we don't do that here. I said, what, what is it you don't do? She couldn't explain it. I said, do you not say hallelujah or do you not agree with the sermon? Which one is it? Help me out. Well, we just don't express ourselves that way. I said, today I'm here and that's what I'm going to do. Now, if you got an usher that wants to ask me to leave, I'll leave. But you can get your hat and coat and move because that white man up there was preaching. <laughs> I mean, he was putting it down. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so amazing. That is so, I mean, he was like, I'm like, oh, amen. We don't do that here. Move then, because that brother is preaching the word. <laughs> and I needed to hear that right there. And I said, by the way, can I shake his hand afterwards? She said, well, we don't do that either. I said, I'm going to find that man. I'm going to give him a personal offering because he blessed me today. Day. We don't give our pastors offerings. He's on a salary. I say, I'm not worried about that. I'm going to do this. That lady and I became friends before the end of the service. <laughs> and I, I told her this. I said, I'm going to be back next Sunday with 12 of my friends. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. The look on her face. She couldn't say nothing. Let me leave that alone. Now, that was funny. Next. 
Can I talk to y'all? Y'all, we have to create a culture of punctuality. Listen to me. I'm going to stop right here. Our poor little daughter was playing soccer. She didn't want to play, but we just wanted her to gain social skills. She's out there playing soccer. Because <laughs> if she had her way, she wouldn't talk to, she wouldn't talk to anybody. So we're going to put you on the team so you can be with some other girls and da-da-da-da. We had soccer practice. And there was a lady. If you were late, you had to run a lap. Y'all with me? Every time we would get to practice, the lady would drive up. Her daughter wouldn't even come to the huddle. She'd just start running. <laughs> she'd run her lap. Then she'd come to the coach's huddle. She was late every practice. So my wife, <laughs> my wife said, hey, uh, da -da 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 we've been in a couple meetings. Hey, if you got a, if you got a, if you're at work, you know, we'll come and pick her up for practice. We can help out. We can do some carpool. She said, I don't work. I'm at home all day. <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening to it, but I know I should not get involved. Linnell's like, I mean, are you, you know, you're caring for an elderly parent. You got, she says, oh, no, no. So you mean you are intentional about having your daughter late? Every practice. And the child was old enough if you were late for practice, even if you were the star, you didn't get to start. And this chick, this little girl was very talented. And I'm like, when you're late all the time, you're telling me something. People who intentionally come to church late, you don't go to work late making your 25000 a year. I, I'm, I'm just in my head, I'm trying to figure out, how do people come to church late on Sunday? Well, I don't like the music. Fine. Find a place where you like the music. We, they're, they're brilliant, big, awesome, powerful churches here in this city. We love this city and love the pastors. But don't intentionally show up late. You're saying something about yourself. See, I wish I could have our business owners stand up right now. The people in this room who hire. I wish I could have our people who, our lawyers and people who magistrate and they're looking for people to promote. The apartment owner complexes who are looking for people to train. Men and women who don't have children, but they're looking to mentor. And they're looking around our church all the time because that's our culture. Say, so I, wonder, I wonder if Martin would be a good guy. Honey, why is he late all the time? Does he have a job? No, he just, walk, he just walks in about 1030 every Sunday. Ain't nobody going to talk to you. You're late all the time. Do y'all feel... Now tell, now tell somebody next to you, say, forgive my pastor. Forgive him. Forgive him. Don't be upset with him. Come back next week. Tell him, come back next week, but be on time. <laughs> we, 
Well, y'all sing too long. We're not singing. We're trying to worship. We're trying to bring God here. Because if we don't bring God here, the sermon means nothing. So it's 1030, 1040. Sometimes it'd be 1050 before the presence of God was here. That's because everybody's gliding in. Then you, you got in here, you haven't prayed all week. You've been listening to Beyonce and everybody else and not. So now we got to get you acclimated. Ooh, that's a church song. <laughs> that's a church. Oh, this is a church song. Oh, let me put myself together. It's a church song. Okay. It's been a, it's been a few days. Okay, that's what they're doing. Okay, that's okay. That's what they do. Okay. Then it takes you about 20 minutes. Then you hallelujah. And it's like uh time for offering. Oh, y'all through? Yeah, we through. We're not gonna be able to do that in our future. We need about 700 people in here who come ready. And they're here at 10 till 10. And when the praise and worship team gets on the platform, we're saying to them, we're already full. Let's just worship God. So that the person who doesn't know church culture walks in late, walks in broken, walks in confused, walks in tired, walks in depressed. They'll walk up in a room where everybody's like, oh, God is here. They'll walk in and they'll feel something they have not felt. They haven't felt it all week. They feel peace. Do you know how many people are in here now and they just want peace? They don't want judgment. They don't want anybody to be down on them. They just want to walk in a room where they feel good. And we can build that. Do you know, do you understand? I understand you now. I've been in New York for a week. You New Yorkers are crazy. But, uh, uh, <laughs> But we need to build a culture now where we can say today, what we don't have, we can have tomorrow. We can build it. We can build it and they will come. We can build it and they'll feel something different. When I walked into the United Nations, it was the most amazing thing I've ever done. I've had great relationships. I've been to some great anointed services. But the most anointed things I've ever done was go to the Olympics and now to the U.N., in the UN, we're presenting business there. And outside, there are guns, machine guns, M16s. Through security, there are guns. As soon as you step on the grounds, no guns, no visible weapons. People are there from every nation. They never talk about problems. Never. They only talk about solutions. Why do we talk about problems all the time? Why do we post about problems? Why are we arguing about problems? Where in the world can people walk in and feel like, wow, everyone's here. There are no threats. There are no schisms. There's no division. We're here to bring unity to the world. We're here to bring people together with intent. Can we, can we say, can we say this? Can we say that we want AWC to be a church full of people who think different? Who vote different, who act different, and but we don't care. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care what. I don't care about anything. Is 
Jesus Lord. Is the kingdom the biggest thing? Now, you're, now, now you got your panties in a wad because I don't vote for who you vote for. It's the rudiments. It's the basics of existence. It has nothing to do with us. Jesus is king, not the president. Jesus is king and not the... He is king. Well, I don't believe that. You may not fit. Because the culture here, there are no guns. We're not interested in shooting you. We're not interested in making you an enemy. We're not, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in it. Well, we need to talk about this. I said, that's an interesting conversation. But I'd rather talk about this. Because that conversation is going to lead us into a ditch. Can we talk about Jesus? Can we talk about his love for me? Can we talk about his love for you? I had a friend, and I'm praying this will happen, my brother. I had a friend who said to me, he walked into our church service in, in North Omaha. He walked into our church service, and he said to me, I was at home. I woke up this morning. There's so much trouble in my house. I lost my family. He's a young man. He said, I'm in with the foster parent. He said, but I woke up this morning, and something, something said to me, why don't you go to Martin's church? Won't you just go? Jesus. Something said to him, call Martin. I'm sitting in the pulpit at the church. He calls me, and he says, can you pick me up? I said, yes. You want to come to church? He says, yes. In the car, he said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, he said, I would rather just kill myself this morning. But I woke up, and something said to me, call Martin. One of my students at UNO. I picked him up. And the Holy Spirit said to me, don't do nothing. Don't tell him nothing. Don't ask him what he's wearing. Don't, don't, ask, don't say nothing. And when he gets to the church, protect him from ignorant, spooky people. When he comes up in here, tell people, this is my friend. Just leave him alone. That young man came into the church. Our pastor was preaching. He fell on his face before God. He'd never been in a church. He didn't even know what it was all about. Fell on his face and God started talking to him. God started showing him what his future would be. <laughs> He's married now, running a business, highly successful, raising his children. What if we could build a place? Where instead of getting up on Sunday morning and going through their news feed, they wake up on Sunday morning and they hear a sound that says, why don't I just go to AWC? They're a little weird, but I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to happen there. But instead of staying here, instead of fighting, instead of being depressed, I'm just going to go and be in that culture. What would happen? What would happen if five of those people did that a week? What would happen if 50 of them did that a week? And they just came here. And they're sitting next to you right now. What if the person sitting next to you right now is that person? Though you think you know them. But they're just looking for God. They're not looking for your twist on him. 
They're just trying to find him in the easiest way they can do it, the path of least resistance. What if? What if there are people here who were disappointed in church? What if there are people here who were disappointed in this church, the one they're sitting in? It's our job to build a culture where they can just come. We're all coming just to find him. 